3: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend,
4: get informed, and get involved. It's We're Not Cattle Radio.
5: Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is podcast number 27, for those of you keeping score at home, and it is the third day of September 2013. And we will be live here for the next two hours. i got a couple of guys joining me on the podcast this evening. I think my friend Jake is going to be uh calling in here in a little bit, and I'm also going to have a gentleman that's um, video that I watched a couple of weeks ago go absolutely viral, and in a little under a week, he got 250,000 views, and uh, as luck would have it, he just messaged me and said that they've been having internet issues, and his router just took crap, so we'll be waiting to pull him up, and I think we'll also be joined by my friend Josh. That was on the podcast last time. So thanks everybody for tuning in. It is The People's Show. Remember, feel free to call in, weigh in on anything that we talk about here. We're probably going to be all over the map, scattered a little bit around some um, some Syrian news. I've got tons of clips from Rand Paul, Ron Paul that I didn't get to last broadcast because we had some technical difficulties and then, um I've also got some clips from Nancy Pelosi and John Boehner that um, as we figured the establishment lining up behind the president and and saying that we're gonna we're get we're gonna get approval now we will we'll get this thing done. don't you worry, there sweet cakes. We'll find a way to go in there and topple it aside, so I've got a couple of articles talking about what happens when the U.S. government, more importantly the military-industrial complex, gets involved with these so-called liberations. There's an article out today, and I believe it is in the Independent, that um, talks about how, how liberated Libya is now. And Barack Obama also said today that they're just... Inserted the first group of CIA-trained Al-Qaeda groups Which, if anybody has been listening to this show for more than, I would say, a year You know that on the podcast we have talked about The radical Islamic jihadi sex being inserted into Syria And, not to toot my own horn, but if you go and check out the YouTube channel which I haven't updated in a while. Sorry everybody, I've been swamped with this new this new gig, but it is um it is well worth it. It is fulfilling me on so many different levels and I can't be happier with where I am in my place in this world. I get to go and wake people up for a living. Not that I wasn't doing that before, but now I actually have a a way to get people involved. And so I'm utilizing that Utilizing the podcast and any other encounter I have with my fellow human beings slash fellow citizens to get them to pay attention to what's really going on in our nation and in our world. Because I think, and this is maybe just me as a minuscule individual human being, I think that we can actually do better than what we have now. I think we can do better than the Constitution. I believe that's a great starting point, but I believe we can do better from there. I believe that we can do better than lawless, um, uncapped wars for no-bid contracts. I think we can do better than that. And I also think that we can do better with our civilian um, police force, which you guys have to remember that you're all civilians as well, In that anybody that is deemed a civilian is somebody that is not military personnel. So remember police, or shall I say peace officers, which is what I would like to see you guys be, not law enforcement, because, you know, obviously law enforcement with black uniforms has turned out so well for us over the past couple of years with all the taser deaths and people getting shot for pulling out cell phones that police believe are are weapons, you know, so... Let's return to some common sense here in America. And I don't think that that is very too far-fetched, but then again, I could be wrong. So as I'm waiting for everybody to kind of scramble in and, and get their two cents in, let's go on a little journey, shall we? Let's talk about the American belief system. Now, what you see here in America, America used to have a very strong belief system in that everything, any sort of military action that America would ever do was going to be just, and it was going to be a limited action. Now, see, there is an inherent problem with this ideology, and that is is that Americans, unfortunately, have a very short attention span – And it's partially due to the training that you receive in your government training facilities. It is partially due to the fact that there is um, multiple stimuli pouring you in every different direction. But a lot of it is just apathy and laziness from the American people. Now what I mean by apathy and laziness is that we've had it so good for so long that we can't imagine it being any other way. And so, therefore, that we look at anything going around this nation as pretty much justified. Anything is justified. Everything's justified. Well, war is justified because they threw babies out the incubators. Oh, that didn't happen? Hmm. That's too bad. So, who's playing the Giants this weekend? And that's kind of how the American mindset works. But this show is here to give people a platform, to give you the people a platform. Remember, it is not Jake is not cattle. It is not Ray is not cattle it is not the other Jake is not cattle it's not Josh is not cattle it's not Robert is not cattle it's not Matthew I'm just naming all the people that have been on my show it is not Trip Hugh is not cattle is that we are all not cattle we are all beautiful free individual human beings on this planet that n- orbits a sun and spins at 6000 miles an hour that we don't even feel so take that into consideration the next time You take a step out your front door and how magnificent and how awe-inspiring and how incredible the universe that we actually live in is. So I do have a caller on the line here. We will see who I've got. Victim, you are on the air. Welcome to the People's Show.
6: What's up, man? It's the other Jake.
5: Oh, how dare you? How dare you be the other Jake? So that was my little segue. What do you think, man? Do you think that it's a... um, Oh, and by the way, people, I I am going to upload, and I didn't mean to cut you off, I do that a lot. I'm getting better, everybody, or trying to. I I am going to put up the two-hour podcast that we recorded after all the shenanigans. And believe me, the shenanigans went well beyond just the blog talk. We had issues with Skype. We had all kinds of dealings going on. And by the time we actually fired up the actual trans or the actual transmission, it was probably close to I think like uh, probably 10:30, almost 11 o'clock before we got it even off the ground. So, Jake, thanks for thanks for weighing in, man. Uh, once again, it's the people show. What's on your mind?
6: Yeah, it was definitely crazy last time we were getting hit on all avenues that we were trying. I think it took us like six or seven restarts, uh, but we finally you know we got some decent things down, and uh, you know I didn't mind hanging in. It was definitely worth it. Um, I just want to comment on sort of what you've been throwing down, kind of like multiple sentiments that are kind of being put out through, uh, through your mass media, through your uh, mainstream medias, media uh, right now is, you know, everybody's kind of talking about how, you know, the, the uh, liberals are being contradictory in their position with uh, Syria now and uh, with their past, you know, opposition to, you know, the Bushes moves uh, back in Iraq. Uh, apparently, liberals are okay with uh, attacking Afghanistan, though. Uh, back it's then. A, it's
5: amazing it's an amazing they're, how American publics will line up behind their football coach, and that's pretty much what we've... Um, yeah, it's like, that's if my coach is, it is. my coach is doing it, it's okay. We can play dirty if my coach wants it, but if your coach wants to play dirty, then that's not, that's not fair. We're going to call you out.
6: And the conservatives, they're doing the same thing, uh, and they're questioning this one, but I mean, you know, so... So he's trying to sell, and that's probably why they think, uh, you know, that's probably why the Democrats think that they're going to be able to get this through. But it, it's pretty much, uh, you know, nobody's bringing up the fact, obviously, that there is evidence that points to this, uh, you know, Saudi Arabian prince, Bandar, uh, you know, that he might have been the one that used chemical weapons anyway. Uh, you mean so, Bandar Bush? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bandar, This guy. this guy's been... Yeah, this isn't his first go-around in these kind of uh, uh, playing of the Middle East and trying to, uh, you know, get his uh, – well, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people in that area that are trying to use, you know, the arm of whomever, whether it be Russia, whether it be the U.S., to get their own, uh, you know, people into power and uh, oppress their own people.
5: I I agree, man. And um, I'm sorry I'm trying to get these guys logged in here. Um bear with us everybody live radio and um just trying to get the he said that uh we're waiting for a response but i mean okay so what do you what do you think about what do you think about what Kerry said and and what um did you see what the joint chief said today about they really have no idea why they're um they really have no explanation why they're going in there but he supports it 100 percent. did you see that did you see the clip today? I'll yeah, to well, I
6: mean, that's that's what you just you keep hearing it fr- from everyone, from the, you know, grunt soldier on the ground all the way up the chain of command. Nobody really has an idea why they're they, – nobody had an idea why they're in Iraq the first time, you know, or in Afghanistan. They didn't really understand why they're in – why they're placed in certain, you know, spots. And I, I sort of mentioned this on the last show of that uh, most recent uh, Medal of Honor winner – uh, that he you know Dave Letterman asked him uh you know what was your objective at you know the place he was stationed, and he had no clue, he had no clue why he was stationed, where he was stationed. He basically just said that it turned the mission turned into surviving, and so that's great, you know, and so it's just it's kind of does it you know does it boil down to a broken window fallacy here where if we're at war we're going to help the economy or is it uh we're at war because we're trying to uh distract the populace from other issues that have been going on in the administration that are impeachable offenses or what what's the you know what's the motive here because you can't really figure out uh your real one and and disseminate that to the public uh because the one that you're trying to sell is not is not concrete or factual factually concrete and it's not a constitutional um, move, even though I, I guess the president what has thirty days or sixty days, something like that. Uh, to it's do, it, well, it's
5: it's it's an it's I think that it's I think that it's ninety day limited action, but then after the ninety day period is up, now correct me, I'll, I'll go through and I'm sure yeah, Josh maybe. will be able to. I'm sure Josh will be able to point us in the right direction.
6: Yeah, he would know. I can look it he's, up. Real he's fast. right he here. Hold on a right second. Enough.
5: I'm pulling him up. <laughs> Josh, are right you there? How's it going, guys? What's up man? Hello. Um so oh my fr- my friend says he's got no audio. So hey, um why don't you um enlighten us on the on the 90 is it a 90 day window where the president can act unilaterally? But I thought that that had to be if we were attacked or there was an imminent threat and i think that that's right, why you're seeing is. that's why well that's why you're seeing them say that it's a threat to national security because of course. if it's a threat to national security then that gives us you know the carte blanche to go with a blank check for 90 days and and bomb the bejesus belt out of these guys is, is it right. now not meaning to defer i'm i'm just looking for clarification josh is that what you understand it to me
0: yeah, you're absolutely correct. The War Powers Act does give the president uh, 90 days, three months, to attack unilaterally against uh, against. Uh, I believe uh, the direct the direct wording is is an imminent threat. Um, yes, to, to to American national security. That being said, the War Powers Act has been used Policy. numerous times. Yeah, it's been used numerous times. In the, justified in this scenario. It's, it's exactly. But but it's been Go used ahead. numerous times in a fa- uh, in the past. Uh, obviously, in, completely ignoring that pretense. Um, but quite frankly, that, that's why the Syrian situation uh, is, is beginning to get a little bit scary, uh, because we're seeing this mass diversion in America where, where uh, the executive branch is supposedly conferring with Congress, although, of course, leaving the door open to executive action. We're sure. seeing Great Britain, we're seeing the parliament in Great Britain uh, stand up uh, against this action. And, and these, these kind of uh, this kind of action is uh, exactly what precedes false flag events. Uh, I agree. Precedes yes what precedes massive uh, uh uh attacks to to potentially sway public opinion and, and and i'm getting a little bit nervous because of that fact
5: oh well i'm there with you. hey can you do me a favor josh can you call in again your um your skype's um kind of choppy i'm going to i'm going to hang up on you okay sure thing okay all right so I mean, he, he's right on target here. He said he's got no audio. So I'm, I'm wondering if we're actually broadcasting right now. Yeah, I'll see. Call and That works. All right. Sorry, guys. Playing producer, anchor, you name it. Anyway, so what he was talking about before, Jake, you want to take the ball and run with that about how we've used this basically blank check unilateral you know 90 degree 90 day operating procedure to go into a lot of these wars with WMDs and, and all of, and all of the, all of the, um, you know, all of the little fabrications that we've had before. Okay. I think I've got everybody now. So, um, Great. well, okay. Um, let's see if I can pull up. Let me see if Josh's audio is good. Josh, are you there? Uh, yeah. Am I, uh,
0: am I coming in loud and clear?
5: Um, yep. still a little choppy on my end, but that might be my audio. Who knows? We'll see. All right. Well, mm-hmm. welcome to. Hey, at least we're not getting kicked off. And I think I do have. Um, I think I do have my 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 buddy on the line here. Um, Rymar, is that you, sir?
2: Rymar, can you hear me?
5: Rymar, yeah, man. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Oh, sh- dude, just trying to. uh trying to keep our country from going to war again <laughs> it seems yeah. like a never-ending battle with us <laughs> yeah hey, doesn't matter. But, yep. you mean to expand war is that what you kind of mean
6: oh excuse me. excuse me
5: excuse me all right expanding right. well i mean we do have they to you really, it. but it's nothing, nothing else going absolutely you got to keep the um you got to keep the war machine going but uh Ramar, do you mind if I um, kind of introduce you a little bit and play your audio clip to get um and I'm not going to play all of it, but I do want to get to um, just a little bit of it so that everybody knows who you are. Sure. Or why don't you give a, here, you just give us a bio. What the hell am I introducing you for? You can introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just some idiot
2: that got a hold of a camera and decided to, like, be stupid in front of it and then just kind of rant, you know, and, my, you know, just sounded good with the name, and I put one up. I don't know, a month and a half ago, and it, I don't know, got a couple hundred views. You know, and this last one, I just put it up honestly thinking I might get five, six hundred, you know, maybe a thousand, a couple thousand if I was lucky views. And um, I woke up Saturday morning with 70,000 views, and it just went from there. So that's pretty much it, you know. I mean, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got a couple things going on, on the side, but um, it's just something I'm passionate about, and it just happened to take off, and it's just been crazy since
5: okay? Well, I'm going to play the audio from it like I said I'm not going to play the whole thing and embarrass the hell out of you, but um now how many times just now how many times seriously have people asked you to remake the rant or give something very close to that? Have people been, you know, coming up to you and been like, "Dude, that was incredible. Can you do it again?" And like on the spot?
4: Um uh, not really. The only thing
2: like um I did walk into a restaurant and some lady was like, "Oh my god, I just subscribed you on YouTube," which was pretty weird cuz that's never happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was that's like, awesome. I mean,
2: that's just a crazy feeling to walk in and just randomly have somebody say that to you, you know.
5: Absolutely, yeah. I, I can't even imagine what what some people's like blind ex left oh, life is out. like. Is that me cutting out?
2: I, may it might be my internet or my I don't know, I'm on the phone, so it should be fine uh, well
5: we'll we'll find out when we hear the audio yeah, but it's, I, been
6: cut, yeah it's been cutting out periodically just for like a minute, uh, no longer than a minute, I should say, like a few, maybe like twenty to thirty second cut out' gotten a yeah
2: it just times. keeps like, it just keeps like blacking out over here, and you know, but it has been pretty good,
5: sorry Oh, oh jesus can we do one podcast guys, where there's like goes off without a hitch? I don't think that's doable, so no, anyway. man we're already on the, we're already on the radar it's too late. <laughs> well, dude, you and I got on the radar from the Adam versus the Man podcast and all that good stuff, so we've been on there yeah. we've been on their radar for a while, but anyway, let me play his um let me play his clip here and see why it got everybody all stirred up and i was um I was very excited when you friended me back and agreed to come on the podcast because this is a similar talking point that um, I think that we all share and a a sentiment that we all share in this country and trying to turn the collective consciousness around and get people to to realize what kind of dream they're living in and that we need to actually interact as human beings and and be cordial to one another again because the way society is going is not going to leave us much wiggle room for anything other than just a very vitriolic-like, Ugh, I don't even know what to describe it as. Just divide and conquer to the extreme, where we're all going to be living in our own little shells, pretty much, you know, thinking about how the other, the other class or the other race is going to get us. It's absolutely sick. So, here, here's the uh, clip, everybody. Enjoy, and I will, I'll unmute you guys when the clip's over. These are just a few of the tweets and Facebook posts about of these the ignorant niggas. Deal. That killed Chris Lane Y'all broke niggas
2: don't want shit Everybody from my team moved bricks I'm smoking so loud I can't hear you, bitch 90% of all white people are nasty Hashtag hate them I knocked out five woods in Zimmerman court Laugh out loud, shit, I'ma keep sleeping shit With my niggas when it's time to start taking lives Some say I'ma be dead or in jail by the time I'm 18 The only problem is that I shoot first and I have bond money So sorry to burst your bubble That's right I said niggas. Does that bother you? Sounds like an average rap song to me. How can you be mad when an entire rap culture, an entire society runs around talking about nigga this, nigga that, and then get upset when some white guy's like,
7: what's up my nigga?
2: The media couldn't wait to crucify George Zimmerman as a racist, you know, and these black kids go out and they shoot a white guy because they were bored, and the media wants to talk about gun control? I've got a solution. I'm going to fix this whole gun control problem right now. Give everyone a gun. Seriously. I'm not kidding. Give everyone a gun. Who is going to run into a mall and shoot the place up when everybody in there is going to shoot back at the first sign of trouble? I mean, when's the last time you heard of a gun store getting robbed? A police station? Anyone? You think this is a coincidence? No, because everybody in there has a gun on their holster ready to rock. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard about. Oh really? Is it dumber than taking away everybody's guns except for the criminals? I tell you what, I'll give up my guns when you can promise me nobody else has got any. Cool? We got a deal? So where's President Obama telling us that his son could have looked like Chris Lane?
6: When Trayvon Martin was first shot, uh, I said that this could
8: have been my son. Another way of saying that is Trayvon Martin could have been me.
2: I mean after all. Trayvon Martin was apparently a striking resemblance to what his son used to be, and if we're playing in a make-believe world, if we're playing in you know, fantasy land, then hypothetically, Obama's half-white, Chris Lane, could have been his son too, right? Could have looked just like him. So why should we believe one and not the other? Why does he stay silent for this? Mama is a this just in, we just received confirmation from the White House, somebody close to the president tells us, because it didn't fit his agenda. In other news, the press wants to swing the conversation back to gun control. I mean, obviously, the gun must have jumped off the wall, into his hands. Uh, We should go pick up one of my friends, another friend, a driver, a car, and let's just go kill people. I mean, what are we going to do anyway? They want us to forget about the facts and pretend like these idiot kids who run around slinging bricks and throwing gang signs gave a shit about the law?
5: Amen, dude. Amen. So... Dude, thanks so much for making that video. Now, did, was that spontaneous, or were you thinking that up, or did you just let the camera roll and let it rip?
2: Yeah, so the first time I did one, I had a, a script. Can you guys hear me?
5: Yeah, we got you. Yep.
2: Okay. Yeah, so the, um, the first time, I had a script, and I kind of read it, and I just it, – it was good. But this last time, I just kind of went in with bullet points, and um, I think the best parts were actually where I just got – it was just me and the camera, you know, and um, – I just let it rip, you know, and and uh, I, so I, I, it's just hard to recreate that because there's so much passion. I've been thinking about that video for a while, you know, ever since I did the first one, and I kept saying I should do one on racism, but in, my, in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking it was just too controversial, you know. And even after I filmed it, I was re- I had a real hard time as to whether to publish it or not. But um, I, I'm really glad I did. I mean, it just turned out to be you know amazing. So,
5: well, it, it's it's a dialogue that needs to happen. And you know, and, and it's one thing for it's one thing for us in the in the podcasting world, in the in the off mainstream media, to have that dialogue, but to open it up to maybe you opened up that conversation to a group of people that that weren't even seeing it in that light or weren't even taking that kind of um, looking at looking through that kind of lens and seeing the situation for what it really is. So I I, I do applaud yeah, you I for guess that. That's What's
2: probably the that's probably the biggest goal for everything that I'm trying to do is just try to, you know, our, our generation is just so apathetic, you know, and, and they just don't care. And um, I just want to make it cool to care again. I just want to, you know, help. If we can make it, if we can make the message more fun, if we can do a better job with the branding, with the messaging, with the storytelling, with all of it, um, mm-hmm. we've got a case to make, you know, for for everything that America is and, and was founded to be. So. Um, I get pretty passionate about that, and I don't care about left or right. You know, I, I, obviously I, I, I lean conservative, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty liberal when it comes to a lot of things. So I, I don't think that the, you know, the party lines even matter anymore. And I, I really think we can have a conversation about um, just some, some independent thinking.
5: Well, you came to the right show, man. We are full of it here. I don't know what we're full of, but we're full of that for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyway. Um, Josh, is that the first time that you've heard that clip? I meant to send that to you. I sent it to Jake right before the show, show started. What did you uh,
0: What did you make of that?
5: Yeah, Josh actually, Josh is our, Josh is our resident twenty one year old. So, oh
0: nice. Um, yeah, well, well, I I don't know if that introduction is flattering or not. But. <laughs> <laughs> just go with, it, album and the just and go with it. it. But but yeah, that that's definitely uh, the first time I've heard it. Uh, it's an important message, uh, especially with the divide and conquer methodology that that goes on in America in the discussion about race. I was actually just listening earlier today to um, an interview with a guy by the name of Professor Griff. He was a former member member, excuse me, of uh, Public Enemy. Um, but he, he was a member of Public Enemy and um, actually talks about the fact that, that the, the gangsterization of hip-hop, of the hip-hop culture, from essentially peace, love, and unity to, uh, you know, get bitches, get money, sell crack, you know, that, that, uh, that was a deliberate psyop, um, which I think is important to note. Because if, if you examine this on a larger spectrum, the real race issues, real institutionalized racism in America, like eugenics, uh, like... Like the like the selling of of crack cocaine. I mean, you you yourself, uh, Jake, uh, you interviewed uh, Freeway R- Ricky Ross on this very program. These are the real important issues in America with regards to race. So so things like the Zimmerman case are, are, are a clear example of divide and conquer. Yeah, abs- absolutely.
5: Now, um, Raimar, do you um, what else do you work on? Um, you said that we have a lot of we have a lot of avenues and we can make it fun again. That's what I say every time I go to a protest. I say to never get in. Never get into somebody 's face and try to get them to join you. You always have to make it especially when you 're bullhorning. I try to make it funny, but yet factual at the same time, you know explaining to people that their dollars being devalued and that um, when you when you look at when you look at the price of gas it 's not just due to the price of oil in the middle east it's a lot of different factors but but making it humorous and fun at the same time what can you what can you say to that effect about how we can really use? Humor to, and, and like you said, hard-hitting issues to really to shift the Overton window into something that we can actually really talk about and not, and not it being so um, – what what's a good term for it? It seems like now anytime you want to talk about race or anything like that, even if it's a factual discussion with, with people having legitimate beefs, it seems like that that's kind of taboo now. What can you what can you say to kind of help people get past the the taboo portion here in America of of talking about the bigger issues? Is that is that to me? That was directed to you. Right. I'm sorry, man. I'm, oh, I'm no, I'm sorry. We
2: just broke out and I couldn't tell who you asked the question to. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I think just I mean people are ready for it. I don't think you have to change the method. I just think you have to get away from what. Everybody in the media and everybody in Washington thinks the people want to hear. And that's the problem. They're just so disconnected. They think they know what we want to hear and how we want to hear it. But I think if somebody just gets out there and just talks, rants, you know, and just and just shares their view and just, just common sense, you know. I mean, put down the the ideological goggles that you look through the, you look at the world through and just understand that reality is never, you know, just that cut and clear and let's find a way to just do it.
5: Absolutely. Now, Jake, you, I've, I haven't gone to you yet. What um, what did you make about the uh, the audio clip that you played? And that was just half of it. It gets a lot better, but I just wanted to kind of shorten it up for him.
6: Yeah, I listened to well. Yeah, I kind of I watched the video uh, right before I came on. I think in the latter half, gets into more the meat of of the dialogue and the meat of what people need to be thinking about. And I'd have to disagree. I think that race isn't a taboo thing. I think it's something that is just so overly talked about, and all in the wrong way. And I think towards the end of the video, he starts talking about what becomes the controversial topic is when you start talking about equality. When you start talking about judging people by the character and not by the color of their skin, that's when the conversation becomes very controversial for people. Up until that point, they're very happy to point out. It's 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 a comical. It's a it's it's something you know. It's something that draws people. Once you turn that table to, to that conversation, then people all of a sudden they start backing down. And and there's there's those people out there, and you see them in Adam vs. the Man videos, or you see them in, in all sorts of things. There's those people out there that just support Obama because of the color of their skin, and. <laughs> And if you question them, you're racist. And there's that mentality out there, and it, it's sad because uh, if if we can't just judge others because it is such a diverse populace, we can't just judge humans for their actions. Then we can't we can't uh, we can't ever uh, be critical of anything or anyone at any time. Almost it just becomes a ridiculous. End game here so that's sort of what I really appreciated uh, about the video towards the end when you started getting into that conversation because that's the dialogue we need to start having is, is that we need to judge people by their actions and by their morals and by their ethics and you know I don't care what I don't care if the person is of any sort of background if that's what really matters that's all that should matter
5: uh, that's, a, that's a very valid point now um, now let's um Let's shift gears here for a little bit. I don't, um, I don't know where you stand on this, Raimar. Have you um, under the gun? Okay, that's fine. Um, before you go, I understand you got some, you got some pressing issues. So thanks for, thanks for coming on board with us for just a little bit, um, Raimar. How, how long have you been, have you been following Syria um, at all? And and I didn't know if you had an opinion on that or not. You're a very opinionated guy, so just thought I'd get your yeah. thoughts on Syria.
2: Yeah, I've kind of watched the Middle East for a while now, and um, I, you know, I don't want to go all Glenn Beck, but you know, I'm a big believer in the in the Caliphate, you know, and, and what they're trying to do, and, and the fact that it's, I don't know, I just feel like I, I feel like that whole area is uh, under pressure from so many different angles that we're not even considering. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we should be sticking our nose in another, you know, international. Um, controversy, but I, right, and I, don't, I don't think we should be going to war, but I don't know that sitting on the sideline is the right thing when you know, you've got people using chemical weapons, you know, is that something that we should sit back and tolerate? So that's a really hard conversation, but I don't know what the right answer is, but I, I don't agree with how we're addressing it as a nation. Um, I don't, I don't agree the the policies that are being played around with it. Um, I didn't agree with what president Obama did in Syria or in Libya. So I'm at least glad he is deferring to Congress, um, uh, for this decision, but I, I don't know, you know, I, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch this play out. That's what I'm going to film my, um, my next rant. It's going to be about the, everything that's happening right now. So.
5: Excellent. So have, well, you'll,
2: have to, you'll, have, you'll have to tune in to get the meat of uh, the, 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 the rant.
5: <laughs> that sounds good, man. And I'll, um, I'll repost it for you on, on my blog and also I'll throw it out on all my viewers on Facebook. And I'm sure that these two guys will do the same. So how much time do you got? Do you got a balance now?
2: Uh, no, you know, I, I, I can hang out probably another five or ten minutes, but I I just have, like, this video that I have to get done here, and
5: no, I have a friend coming
2: state. in from out of town, so I'm I'm kind of under a deadline, you know?
5: No, just, why don't you go ahead and take care of your stuff, but just uh, promise me a, a quick update once you do your piece on Syria. I'll play that, and then uh, just come on and give us a little, you know, give us a little behind the scenes, and then uh, we'll be all good. How's that sound?
2: yeah no problem i mean i'll i'll be uh available on facebook i'm i mean i'm a real per- i'm a real person you know like I, i've tried to keep up with all the um comments and and everything on the blogs and everything except for that right after it hit where it was just impossible it was just going so fast but um i've caught up with most of it and um you know i i, I try to answer everybody's questions. it's funny um some Girls were treating me like I was a celebrity on Facebook, and I'm like, "Get out of here,
6: you
4: know, like go, go, go outside, go and outside." Dude with a camera oh, that got pissed off and
5: made a video. Get over it. Right,
6: I know. Uh, it's
5: well, actually
2: been really cool because I work, I work, I work in a really uh, creative office space, and mm-hmm. um, we've got you know a, a video studio in there, and that's how I, like none of this equipment is mine. I, I'm not a video editing guy. Um, mm-hmm. It's something I picked up like a, a couple of months ago. I just started playing with and. Um, you know, I am a creative guy, but I kind of picked it up a little quicker than others might. But um, I don't know. It's just been fun, you know, and it's been cool to see that a lot of other guys in there have YouTube channels. And, you know, a lot of people are trying to do their, something with their, you know, maybe not necessarily politics, but they're all trying to find their audience um, with whatever their message is. And, you know, it's just cool when um, somebody does,
5: you know, so. Absolutely. Cool. Well, plug plug your stuff before you got to bounce so everybody knows where to find you.
2: Oh yeah, um, rymar.com that's R-A-Y-M-M-A-R. Um, the website is everything you need to know, you know, about me, what I'm doing, all my most recent work portfolios, and then even just some of the startups we're working on. We're working on some pretty cool projects right now, so um, it'll be neat to see what which one takes off, you know.
5: Excellent. Well, hey man, once the video comes out and it drops, I'll um, I'll reach out to you on Facebook, and then we'll get the um, we'll get the behind the music from from the man himself.
2: Definitely. Well, I appreciate you guys reaching out.
5: Alright, thanks, man. Hey, thanks for the uh thanks for the great content and uh keep fighting out there, alright? Alright, thanks, buddy. See you, bud. See Alright, there he goes. So um so what do you guys think, man? pretty um pretty ballsy stuff to say. I mean in this day and age, I guess. And that just shows how conditioned I am. Feel free to feel free to blister me, Josh.
0: Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Uh, like I I do think that it's it's really important to open up a race dialogue in America, and I certainly think that uh, the Zimmerman case ha- is is an example, as I stated before, of of divide and conquer. But I, I guess I I kind of tend to break from some of the more typical libertarian uh, line of thinking on this one, uh, especially as it as it pertains to race. And I know you know about this stuff. I know you know about uh, the. The creation of of havoc in the inner cities by disarming them and and giving them drugs as an only means of survival, mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 I know I know you're aware of of the of the eugenics program, um. So so what happened in the in the Zimmerman trial? Do I do I think that obviously uh, uh, George Zimmerman shot in, in self-defense and was and was right to do so? Absolutely. Do I think that he also probably followed this kid because he looked like a hoodlum? Uh, yeah. I, I, do, I do believe that. So, so I I, I see I see a, a very sad case of racism on 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 both ends of the spectrum. So I think that if we really want to talk about race issues, then we need to start doing that in a more open dialogue. And it's great that people are starting to feel more comfortable making videos like this. But I do think that we should do it from a well-educated, uh, informed perspective. You know, let's talk about things like like. Planned Parenthood and the organization of family planning, you know? Let's talk about things like uh like the Guns for Drugs program. Let's talk about those kind of things because that's what's really important and that's what's gonna bridge the divide.
5: I I agree a hundred percent. When he was talking about um or when when you mentioned the um the Rick Ross interview that I did, that was um that was eye opening for me because I, I'd spoken to him on the phone a couple of times, getting him set up and lined up for the Adam versus the man show and then kind of you know backhandedly asked him if he'd like to come do my podcast and he said absolutely and so we got into a um I didn't have anything written down no questions no nothing I just wanted to kind of feel the guy out and get his story and it was um it was amazing what he was talking about what was happening in the inner city about how crack was actually doing something good for the community and cocaine was doing something good for the community it was giving it was number 1 it was quelling violence because nobody wanted the cops to show up because everybody was trying to make their living, you know, slinging slinging cocaine and i know that this sounds absolutely crazy to um to you know people in the in the square box that believe that that life should operate under these certain set of rules but like just like what you said Josh, when you give them this is the only means of survival, then you pretty much handcuff them to to being able to do only the things that they can do to survive. So you can't really fault them for that. Jay, um Jake, what do you what are your thoughts on on opening up the dialogue and then we'll switch gears into um into Syria?
6: Well I think that uh the dialogue needs to be the the destruction of of, you know these these sorts of uh these sorts of race uh, driven uh, enslavement. It's like, it becomes sort of a thing where you have to act a certain way and have a certain demeanor and have a certain character because you associate yourselves with these collectives. And if, if you, uh, can't be a part of this collective, then you're ostracized within that whole community. And it, it breaks down to individuals accepting diverse culture within their own culture. Um, and just accepting people for who they naturally are. I mean, how many people are just sort of in this state of mental slavery of fear just because they're conditioned uh, that that media tells them they need to act a certain way or that uh, their family members or other uh, community members, you know, don't accept uh, them breaking from this sort of situation that they've been put in, this sort of environment that they're told that, they must remain inside of and then you know, it becomes controversial when people uh go to them and say that, you know, they can uh break free from it, uh, but they don't want to break free from it because if they break free from it then they're sort of uh you know they're they're flapping their own culture in their face. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever be able to truly understand that, but it's it's an interesting dynamic to me. I've certainly met a pretty diverse uh populace of of African Americans throughout my life and mm-hmm. you know every every you know, they can be comic book nerds, they can be gangster rappers, they can be uh you know, whatever. You know, I've seen they their, can they can, they
5: can be like they can be like Daryl. <laughs> right, right. They can be like Daryl
6: and and be some sort of amalgamation of a of a bunch of different you know, it's just i don't I don't mind you know if if you enjoy that uh sort of style of music because obviously we all grew up in the nineties mm-hmm. here where we're talking about, and that was pretty much the music of the time and I think that did a great point and I think you know you look at a lot of these documentaries and you'll see a lot of uh hip hop cats saying, you know well, we won the war.' on the culture because we won their kids with our music, you know, and right. you know, I I love that music and it, it introduced me to a world that I probably would have never even began to understand without um listening to it and I still obviously could never fully have uh complete empathy for that type of living scenario or growing up in that uh sort of harsh environment but um that's 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 sort of what I you know I'm just trying to get to the point we all need to get to a point where it just becomes a non-issue and I think more than ever it's in our generation it is and it's progressively becoming less and less of an issue but they you know it seems like the media just wants to keep the fire burning and not let it ever die but
5: I'm that's a very good point
6: that, uh, you know like with the legalized marijuana tip, it's kind of like once once you know
5: certain influences
6: are out of the way that maybe we'll have a better scenario.
5: Yeah, I, I agree. And as soon as Monsanto comes out with their um, with their suicide you know suicide marijuana seeds, then then they'll legalize it. You know, once their once their crop dies every year and you got to replant it and buy it again from Monsanto, then they'll legalize it. Everything will be fine then. But now switching gears, guys. Um, let's get into Syria. Let's get in here. With um, All right, so what would you guys like to hear first? I have – here are your choices. We'll play, and since it is the people's show, we'll take a verdict. We'll take a vote, actually. I have a clip from Rand Paul. I have a clip from Ron Paul. I have a clip from Nancy Pelosi, and I have a clip from John Boehner. Which one would we like to start with first?
0: It's Don't everybody jump at once. It's got to be, be Nancy. I, I want to hear that cognitive dissonance. <laughs> okay, yeah, because it, it's um.
5: All right, here we go. This is this is just for you, Josh. This is a little long. This is seven minutes. So, if you if you um if you faint into your keyboard, everybody, we will understand why. Because this will probably be seven minutes of the most. Uh, never mind. Anyway, here it comes. E- enjoy, everybody. As they say on the Daily Show, your moment of zen. The White House go. Go
1: into a military action lightly. Uh, that there are compelling reasons, the evidence and you are all the intelligence so is clear of, that Assad uh, uh, perpetrated this uh, attack of using uh, weapons of mass destruction, really. Oh, it's clear now. Weapons it's of clear, mass Josh. destruction, deterring their use, is a pillar of our national security. See, Assad a dip- has that's done that. That's been a that is a differentiation from what he has done up until now. People say, well, he killed 100,000 people. What is, what's the difference with this 1,400? With this 1,400, Lie. he crossed a line with using oh. chemical weapons. President yeah. Obama did not draw the red line. Humanity drew it. Oh. Go. I drew it. 170-some <laughs> countries supporting uh, uh, the convention on... Uh, not uh, stop uh, not using uh, chemicals. Uh, chemical I know, warfare. it's all my fault. So it is really something that, from a humanitarian standpoint, oh, cannot okay. be ignored, Dream for bombs. else you no, cannot sure. say never again. Uh, secondly, from a, sh- a national security standpoint, you have to send a very clear message to those who have weapons of mass destruction of any variety uh, okay. that, uh, that uh, uh, I should forget about using them. Oh, it was a, a very constructive meeting. The President listened to our colleagues. Uh, the Speaker was very clear, and I'm sure he has told you his view. Uh, I associated myself with his remarks. Uh, but again, I, I believe that the American people need to hear more about the, uh, the intelligence that supports uh, this action, and that is a, you responsibility the responsibility for Not this sure chemical weapons use us is clearly the at the feet of Assad. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, now we go to the next step of having uh, a further debate uh, in the Congress of the United States. And I am hopeful as the American people are persuaded that this action happened, that Assad did it, that hundreds, uh, hundreds of children
6: oh, were children. killed.
1: This Here is behavior outside the circle of civilized human behavior. It's we for the children now,
6: Unlike civilized to Obama, to <laughs> uh, with your membership you're
3: very you're on board with the president, Look, I out out to like the
5: house,
7: especially all over the
1: place. Well, yes, and I'm respectful of that. I, we, you're not, on these kinds of issues, it's not a question of whipping; it's a question of discussing to make sure that people have the information that they need to make an informed decision. Uh, to make sure that they have uh, the full uh, value of the intelligence. Uh, that says this is how this happened. And then members have to decide whether they want to ignore the fact that, uh, that this uh, humanitarian uh, disaster took place or not. And then there's the larger issue of Syria's behavior if they get away with this. So, again, uh, a very respectful of all away. of the concerns that the members have. That our constituents have. I, I do not, in my district, I don't think know people about you guys, but are I convinced Call of Duty, that military uh, action uh, is uh, necessary. Let's bomb them but it's important for them <laughs> to know that the weapons of mass destruction use is it, it has taken us to a different place, that the president takes, uh, obviously, any president would, but this president uh, uh, does not take this lightly. Oh. and that uh, oh. what will happen will be targeted in yeah, short duration real uh, and we'll send uh, the message <laughs> it's that never is necessary be gay, is and then never we go from there. there yeah. So you're absolutely right. There's work to be done. But it's not a question of whipping. It's a question of discussing with our members, hearing their views. And some won't ever be comfortable with it. Uh, I I myself from a humanitarian standpoint think uh, that um, waiting for the UN and waiting for Putin uh, the slowest ship in the convoy of reacting to use of weapons, uh, 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 the chemical weapons by Assad, is, is uh, a luxury that we cannot afford. I have to Are you talking Thank about, you Do you
6: understand that Russia's got a neighborhood there? You, you know the Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi of the House of Representatives. Let's listen just a moment.
8: If Congress does reject done. this, can, can the President proceed if Congress rejects?
1: I don't think Congress will reject, but I do want to remind you, because some, I've been reading some of what some of you have written and say that the president has never gone forward if Congress has not approved when it has taken up the issue. I remind you that in 1999, uh, President Clinton uh, brought us all together, similar to this meeting here, but uh, uh, over a period of time, to talk about going into the Balkans. And uh, the the vote was 213 to 213. 187 Republicans voted no, 180 Democrats voted yes, about 30 on each side, something like that, um, went in a different way than the majority of their party. And that was when the planes were really ready to go uh, into Bosnia. He went, and you know uh, what happened there. So I don't... I don't think that the congressional authorization is necessary. The dog much? I do think yeah, it's a no good kidding. thing, and I hope that we can achieve it. And I feel pretty confident on the evidence, the intelligence, uh, the uh, the national interest that is at stake. That we have a good uh, conversation to have with our members. I myself, uh, I'll tell you this story, and then I really do have to go. My five-year-old they grandson, know. Know as, as I was leaving oh. San Francisco yesterday, he said to me, "Mimi, my name, Mimi." War with Syria. Oh, me, me. Yes, war with Syria. No war with Syria. No, it's five years old. And war, he's saying war. I mean, we're not talking about war. We're talking about... Uh, Here's the kids again. You've got oh, to
5: protect yes. The kids.
1: War with Syria. No war with Syria. I said, well, what do you think? He said, I think no war. I said, well, I generally agree with that. But you know, they've killed hundreds of children there. They've killed hundreds of children. And he said, five years old. Were these children in the United States? And I said, well, no, but they're children wherever they are. So uh I, I don't know what news he's listening to or where what he's listening to. But even if
5: Oh, uh, even a five year old is completely mentally brainwashed. Wait a minute, does Western that happen Western does Western that Western happen here to me in America? No? No kids yeah. here?
0: <laughs> I say no to war. Hmm. <laughs> so so when is Nancy Hart's, Nancy Pelosi's uh bleeding well, it's heart gonna go out the really children weird. of North Korea? Or
5: or or go out to the children of Sudan that had an actual genocide two years ago that we didn't do shit about. That's fun. People getting chopped up with machetes, hundreds of thousands of people. Hey, do you guys have a strategic stronghold over there or any minerals we can get? No, you don't. I'm sorry. Okay.
4: No. No help.
6: No help for you.
5: Yeah, well, I mean if they just had some kids over there. Some kids some children. Some children being blown up with bombs. Children. She must have on said the, on children the, like five times. Yeah, not in nature. Of, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, John.
0: It absolutely is a psyop. And I want to bring up another Psyop that happened in nineteen ninety one during the advent of the Gulf War. I'm sure you guys remember uh what was her name? Naira um Oh, I they threw her. the babies out of incubators they, and then they threw started the babies shopping out of the- Exactly. None of none of which actually happened, and uh, I believe her family actually had significant political ties to a number of senators. Yeah, she, uh, they, was a, they, she was a
5: she was a diplom, She was a diplomat's daughter. Yep. yeah,
0: the, yeah the, that was it. The daughter of an ambassador, and they pulled her off the street and acted as if she was just some random uh, Iraqi native who had who had seen genocide. You know, this is this is this is classic psyop. How dare
5: you well, be informed, you... Josh? How dare you be informed? Yeah.
0: I try to pull that stuff just within
6: the states too, with like gun control, you know, the gun control thing, and and with yeah. the whole school shootings, and they have fake interviews and just to drum it up, get the, you know, let's push for this and let's get it you Have you guys you have
5: you guys seen the new gun control video where it dresses up the kids and targets? Have you guys seen that yet? Oh God! I take it by by the data that is a negative. All right, when we go to break here in about um, three minutes, we are going to have to take a break. I'm going to, I'm going to. You guys are. uh, I'll message both of you guys on Skype with the link to the video and watch it during the break, so that when we come back, you can actually talk about it. It is absolutely sick. But you know, we got a couple. We got a minute and a half before we got to go to break. Let me um, go ahead and get what John Boehner. Good old Boner said about the war with Syria. Here we go.
8: Speaker of the House John Boehner now outside the White House. Let's listen. Uh, I stood up for democracy and freedom for people around the world. Uh, the use of these weapons uh, has to be responded to, and only the United States uh, has the capability and the capacity uh, to to stop Assad and to warn others around the world that this type of behavior is not going to be tolerated.
7: I appreciate uh, the
8: President uh, reaching out uh, to me and my colleagues in the Congress over the last couple of weeks. I also appreciate uh, the President uh, uh, asking the Congress uh, to support him in this action. This is uh, something that the United States as a country uh, needs to do. Uh, I'm going to support the President's uh, call for action. I believe with my colleagues uh, should support this call for action. We have uh, enemies around the world that need to understand that we're not going to tolerate this type of behavior. <laughs> we also have allies around the world and allies in the region uh, who also need to know that America will be there and stand up when it's necessary. Thank you
1: all.
5: John Boehner, the speaker. All right, here we go. All right, you guys ready? This this is definitely this is the first one in like three podcasts. You guys ready?
4: USA! USA! Yeah.
5: There we go. Hey, it's, you know what? It's, it's no so big deal that we don't know else. that they've used the weapons. That's no big deal. Weapons were used. We got invaded. invade.
6: Who used the weapons? It's kind of irrelevant. How much right better now. we are than that. No, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who used it. You know, forget about that. What you need to remember is that we're just so much more ethically advanced, and we're just we can just cast stones all day long because mm-hmm. we're a Christian na- na- nation, and that you know Jesus doesn't say if you're without sin to cast the first stone. That's not even in the Bible. Forget about mm-hmm. that. We need to get over there. Start throwing them. How, show them how many films we can throw and how hard we can throw them, and then tell them they should, you know, be tuning in into football next week because at the end of this week because you just can't wait because America's they're coming into your town, you know, harder than Hulk Hogan. Here we go. Let's do this dance. All,
5: all right. Well, here here is the. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a three minute break, and um, here is the here's the three minute break, and I'll send you guys the link
7: we have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. Akin to and largely responsible for the sweeping changes in our industrial military posture, has been the technological revolution during recent decades. In this revolution, research has become central. It also becomes more formalized, complex, and costly. A steadily increasing share is conducted for, by, or at the direction of the federal government. Today, the solitary inventor, tinkering in his shop, has been overshadowed by task forces of scientists in laboratories and testing fields. In the same fashion, the Free University, historically the fountainhead of free ideas and scientific discovery, has experienced a revolution in the conduct of research. Partly because of the huge costs involved, a government contract becomes virtually a substitute for intellectual curiosity. For every old blackboard, there are now hundreds of new electronic computers. The prospect of domination of the nation's scholars by federal employment, project allocations, and the power of money is ever-present and is gravely to be regarded. Yet in holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. Hmm. It is the task of statesmanship to mold, to balance, and to integrate these and other forces, new and old, within the principles of our democratic system, ever aiming toward the supreme goals of our free society.
5: Or we could just integrate all of that into a giant spy grid and an empire that takes over countries and puts uh, radical extremists in there and then questions why the country is destabilized. I just don't understand what happened. I mean, we just put the radicals in there and just let them run around and have some fun. Everything's fine. You guys back?
0: Yep. Josh, are you there? You might oh, yeah, I'm here. Video. Hey, did you get a No, to watch just, the I'm video? just flabbergasted by that video. Is what I am. <laughs>
5: it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Just get you, hey, get you a Target shirt, Josh, and just go back to school. Go back to college. You'll be fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, Jake, did you get because, a chance to watch the video? What, what'd you yeah, think? I watched it. It's pretty sick, isn't it? It's pretty it's sick. sick. All right, for what everybody that like? wants to watch the would video like? that we're talking about, um, you can go actually, you know what, the is kinda long. It's called gun violence dash, is this the hashtag new school uniform is the name of the video. And I'll uh, I'll post that on the We Are Not Cattle site um under you know what, I need to start a um a propaganda that's a good idea. Josh, I'm gonna need your help. I know you're probably What's spread that? thin already. But we need to do on my on my blog, we need to do a subsection called um called propaganda and then show like a commercial and then do a breakdown of what the and what the underlying message is and what they're trying to get across with the propaganda so we can understand or get people to understand and start deciphering it for themselves what's what's real and and what's propaganda. So
0: Dude, speaking I, of, I would love that. We yeah, we've yeah, those skills of of intellectual self defense are really what america needs to gain back the most
5: i i agree because now we're just so disarmed that we believe everything that's on the magic box it's put us into a really bad situation to so where you have a percentage of the population doesn't have the facts about this war with syria i mean i mean just the fact is that, is that we have not proven Nobody has proven. They keep saying that we have the documents, pulling the Alex Jones on us, that we have the documents. Well, can we see them? No. Well, I mean, hold on. Hold on. we got to figure out if we're going to invade, and then we'll show it to you. Kind of like Obamacare. That's what it feels like all over again. It's like, well, we got to pass it before we find out what's in it. It's kind of one of those things. Well, we got to invade Syria before we can show you the evidence. Because then once we're in the middle of it, then – <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna who's who's gonna push back now? Except for all the soldiers taking those pictures, you guys want to speak to that? Jake, why don't you speak to that? We'll go to the uh, we'll go to the military guy first. What do you what would you do in that situation? Would you do what some of these officers are doing and taking pictures of themselves and hiding their faces and saying that I didn't sign up to go uh, to go support Al Qaeda in a civil war? Well.
6: I don't know. I don't know how I feel about those guys. I mean, if they're officers, then they can just get out. You know, uh, it's a different type of contract you sign. No, wait, uh, wait. Commissioned
5: or non-commissioned, is, is there a difference for the layperson like myself that I don't know the yeah. difference between a commission and a non-commissioned officer?
6: Yeah, non-commissioned, I mean... The contracts are different, and I can't tell you for, you know, because obviously I'm, I know that they have a little bit more leeway in, in how
5: they're. Uh, well, just be as vague as you need to structure. be. Yeah, be as vague as you need to be.
6: Yeah, they're shorter. Mm. I mean, from from my understanding, I could be off base here, but from my understanding is that they're shorter uh, base contracts and they're not as, you know, they can, they're can more lenient in how they can get out of it. And, and like <laughs> you said you talked about last time, you can always be a conscientious objector and get out if you'd like. Or you know, if you're somebody who's already reenlisted, then you already you know. <laughs> I mean, what what took you so long? You know, the first four the first four years of programming your brain, you didn't catch that was happening then, and the, I, don't, I don't know. You know, maybe it was because uh, now that a Democrat's doing it, they can see it better, or are they just like. You know, are they are they not really awake? Are they more just conservatives that are just you know pushing back now that it's a different front man uh, doing the same damn thing that, you know, has already happened. I mean, this WMD thing, it's like you're saying, oh, we'll show you the evidence. So it's the same way. And it's just like we talked about last week. Well, they can't show you the evidence because the evidence is that we're setting these things out. (laughs) You know, it's so funny that Pelosi was, uh, was that who was the first step, right, Jake?
5: Did it sound like a bunch of incoherent babble? Yeah, that that was right. That's her. That's her. her. One that was
6: just kind of a a a rambling, uh, nonsensical. Anyway, many at multiple points she she kept bringing up the fact that people need to understand more, and we need to get more information out to them. And you know, it's so transparency here, just not complete transparency.
5: Right. We need to get you the like. I think I heard you say that under under her, you know, squawking. Was uh, right. yeah, we need to get you the information that we want you to see to justify right. the actions that we want to take yeah I, I agree with that alright so now that we've had a little bit of propaganda, now that we've had some dark propaganda, let's go to some white propaganda and if you guys don't know the difference, um, YouTube and uh, Google are incredible assets, check them out alright so here is Rand Paul's take on Syria, very briefly and then I'll play the Ron Paul clip that actually got aired on last week's podcast, but I didn't get to hear it, so I'm going to play it again because it's my show, and I can do what I want.
4: If we're going to do this, I would presume you want congressional approval on the thing. Absolutely. The Constitution mandates that Congress declare war, not the president, and the president will say, oh, dropping a few cruise missiles is not war. The problem is, is what if one of our planes gets shot down, or what if some of the CIA trainers over there who are training troops get killed, then there will be an overwhelming outcry for getting more involved and more involved. The other thing is is that we're not playing a game here. This isn't some kind of geopolitical chess game we're playing. The Russians are allies. We went through 70 years avoiding war with the Russians when we were pitted against them in the Cold War, and are we going to slide into a major war with Russia on the other side of this and draw Russia into this war as well? Um, People need to think these things through. This isn't just a game of, hey, let's push a button and blow up some people and tell them they shouldn't use chemical weapons. There are some questions. It sounds more and more like chemical weapons were used, but there are some questions, and it should be investigated, who used them? And, uh, you know, Pat Buchanan had an article the other day, and he asked the Latin phrase quibono. To whose benefit Uh, is this? To whose benefit is this? All of this. Redounds back to this is to the benefit of the rebels because now it's bringing other people in on their side. So there's a great incentive for this to have actually been launched by rebels, not the Syrian army.
5: How dare he? Wow, dude. This country's getting second Second absolutely- layer
6: of thinking that's not involved. That should not be involved in this process. Second <laughs> layer, second tier <laughs>
5: Josh, do you care to object to Rand Paul's um, statement that this is not some grand chessboard? Uh,
0: I, well, I mean, not not on the face of it, obviously. Uh, I personally, <laughs> I personally believe that that we're not pawns on a chessboard. But I've read enough of the big New Brzezinski. I've indeed read his fa- famous or now infamous book, I guess, the Grand Chessboard. So I do know how these people think, unfortunately.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's um. But it just seems like this is this is a no win situation for america, and it's and and I say that you know being unless a, your goal
0: is of course depopulation oh then keep-
5: keep calm and carry on, send over some more vials of um h i v tainted blood across over to europe so anyway I, I and and for anybody that got that, that was a really bad joke, but it was it's very true was hey that was bear that did that right, Josh, yes. Yeah shocker once again really bad everyone's joke, favorite everybody. nazi company oh, everybody's favorite nazi company give me my aspirin here in america anyway so let's uh let's shift gears again and we're going to talk about Mr or, or the doctor Ron Paul which I will credit with my um my full awakening to geopolitics i credit alex jones to shaking me out of my trance and i credit ron paul to um to getting me actually actively involved and um giving me somebody to root for, somebody to to fight for, and somebody that pretty much aligns with a lot of my um volunteerist attitudes. He's a self-proclaimed volunteerist actually. So there you go. Yep. Here is the clip from Ron Paul. Jake, you want to say something before we go to the clip? Nope. Yep. Do it. All right, let's do it. Here is the good doctor. Uh, doctor, um, let's see. Doctor Truth. Should we call him Doctor Truth? Maybe now. Anyway, he's not a Dr. No anymore because he can't vote. So here we go, everybody. Enjoy. Uh,
9: To Ron Paul right now, it says, this is all the more reason just to stay out. We can't pick who's going to be in charge or dictate whether someone should stay in charge. So, uh, Ron Paul, you heard Donald Rumsfeld. Did anything dissuade you oh,
5: about Josh, you. Prepare for the uh, hardly
3: and hardly should he be considered an expert on the region. He gave us Iraq and Afghanistan uh, and he was uh, buddies with Saddam Hussein. You know, He worked with him when uh, Saddam Hussein was actually using poison gases. And look at where Iraq is today. It's a disaster. It's more allied with Iran right now. The Al Qaeda is in Iraq and there's death totals coming up every single day. We hear about the death. So hardly would he be able to give us advice and what to do in Afghanistan? Now, having said so, that, no, 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 no
9: I, I will say this: that there, there is uh, some debate as to whether he individually encouraged Saddam Hussein to use gases on his people. But leaving that no, I, aside, mean, I, I do I, want to uh, stress this, sir, <laughs> if I can. I, is it your sense then uh, that his other argument—that Russia or China could take advantage of this uh, oh. and, and seize on this mm-hmm. vacuum—if uh, we do not?
3: I didn't make that accusation. Just to clarify, but we as a country, and he part of uh, actually, we were allies with Saddam Hussein. But that's different subject. You're asking <laughs> about the danger of escalation, really, with Russia and, and China. I think it's very, very serious, and I think the markets are telling us that. I think the price of oil is telling us that because it's really a big thing. So yes, uh, you know, it's it's supposed to be a token. I think one of the reasons why they say, well, this isn't regime change because we're not really. Positive, who uh, who set off the gas? I mean, the the group that's most likely to benefit from that is Al Qaeda. They, they, uh, you, you know, ignite some gas, some people die and blame it on Assad. Assad, I don't think, is an idiot. I, I don't think he would do this on purpose in order for the whole world to come down on him oh, so, you, you well, or,
9: or, or, so you question whether Assad even used the gas and that he's just being yeah, set up. I mean,
3: look how many lies were told to us about uh, uh, Saddam Hussein prior to that buildup. War propaganda. It's endless. It happens all the time. Well, we do. Certain, but, but
9: to be fair, Congress, we knew it, certainly in the past Saddam Hussein had used weapons against his own people. But your argument is a good one. So I I guess what I want to advance here is this,
5: that
9: if if a a dictator using uh, chemical weapons on his own people uh, isn't a litmus test for us to to help those people, uh, for Ron Paul, uh, what is?
3: Well, I think getting to the truth of it, and that's what we're not getting to. Because when Saddam Hussein used the gases, some of the products were bought from us and he was still our ally. So you can't ignore that. No, I don't. I think it's a false flag. I think really, indeed. And nobody knows if, if indeed he was slaughtering people by the thousands. Uh, You know, with poison gas, you know, that's a a different story, but that isn't the case. Matter of fact, 100,000 deaths are the case. And it's not, you know, the implication is that Assad committed 100,000 killings. There are a lot of factions out there. Why don't we ask... You know about the Al Qaeda. Why are we on the side of the Al Qaeda right now? So I think the web—they want the weapons. The weapons the rebels want the weapons. There's a bunch of people in there. Al Qaeda is part of it. And this is the test for us to drop a couple bombs and then send in weapons. I so think we're being sucked in. You argue we are being
9: sucked in. It's dangerous. Uh,
3: big, big okay. time, and it's big risk. This can escalate, and Russia could get... Involved. What if there's an accident, and 100 Russians get killed by our bombs? Who knows? Some type of unintended consequences. Wars always expand because of unintended consequences. They always provide short-term war. Just think of all the promises on Iraq. Short-term, not much money. In and out, dirty. And don't believe it. We should look at what's best for America. And not okay. trying to pick sides in an impossible war like this won't be on... On the side of the american people and the american people right now by a very large majority are opposed to this war the constitution can't support this war and morally we can't support this war getting involved in a civil war and a strife right. that's been going on in that region for thousands of years well you're right about
9: this congressman we have very uh unclear rationale for doing what we're doing we shall see ron
5: paul hey, all right um... Josh, care to um, point out the whitewashes there? That was fun.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, a few too many to point out. But well, what? I, one thing that personally makes me upset about uh, the good doctor, as much as I love him, is that now that he's no longer in politics, uh, why he doesn't use his immense platform to talk about the one catalyzing event that has justified all of our expansion into the Middle East.
5: Okay. Elaborate.
0: I I I guess nine eleven truth is something that that needs to be on on all of these platforms. No. And, oh, no okay. He,
5: yeah. Well, I just um.
6: I, I think he alludes to it when he talks about all the war propaganda leading up to. I think that that's it's in there if you if you're listening for it. But oh, think, absolutely.
0: But yeah, for people like us, then then, then that's great. But it's uh it's it's not it's not at all discussed and he he could use his platform to to talk about it but but he doesn't and that that really that kind of makes me sad
5: well i mean it's it's that is a topic that is still very hard for americans to stomach you know especially people that live through it and i don't want to me i don't want to sound like one of the um the um i guess the kennedy the kennedy era people but for me I was in college when that happened. So it was it's and uh, Josh how old were you when that happened? Not to to, to compare, but I I do want I was to in any- the 4th grade. Okay, so well. do you remember it at all? Oh yeah. And what did you feel after you saw all that stuff go on?
0: Uh, I mean, I thought it was incredibly sad. Uh at the same time, you know, uh, I I was just upset because my my soccer game was canceled. Um <laughs> You know, I obviously did not have any any kind of grasp of, of geopolitics, and and even at, at an early age, such as fourth grade, uh, I was already locked staunchly within the the left-right paradigm. I think most of most people do inherit at least their first set of political views from their parents, unless they're unless they're incredibly rebellious individual thinkers. And at the mm-hmm. time, I, I I was not. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now that being said, I, I'd like to draw a little bit of contention to, to I guess uh, your point about the people being there. Uh, not not liking to hear about it. I think the the overwhelming majority of people who survived that event, who who lost loved ones in that event, and New Yorkers who experienced it firsthand are, are overwhelmingly on the side of 9/11 truth, or at least more so than than the average American who watched that that snuff film. And that's what it is. It's a snuff film. Uh, take place on on their uh, local propaganda network.
5: Right. No, I, I didn't mean it into the fact that it, that the people of New York or anybody like that, because like you said, if anybody wants to call for that, it's the people of New York that have seen everything that's happened from the ramifications of people not using the, the mask and getting asbestos poison for the first responders and then having the first responders not being welcome. And I need to verify if that's still true, because if that is true, that's a question I do want to ask Ben Swan, what his thought is about the first responders not being welcome at an event like that. Is it because of the negative publicity? Is it because of, you know, it's going to raise more questions? Is it, is it going to push 9-11 truth out to the front? But you do make a very good point about what Dr. Paulo has. He alludes to, like what Jake said, but he never really goes for the red pill on that. So, Jake, I, I know you got to leave us here in a minute. So you said you got one uh, one final comment before we, um, before we cut you loose?
6: Yeah, and I don't know how much time, if, if I can. I've got uh, like a four paragraph uh, maybe statement that I've put out uh, about Syria. If you wouldn't No, mind
10: please,
5: me. please go ahead.
6: Me. And it kind of comes from, uh, and I alluded to the last time you played this clip, and it kind of comes from a Dr. Paul type or physician uh, perspective.
1: Okay. Um, and
6: and just, to, just to give a little bit of. of I mean, uh, Ron Paul is criticized, so he does make political decisions. He did run as a Republican, even though he's, I mean, you know, he he did affiliate himself with the party and he does make political decisions. But, uh, you know, he is by far and away the most, you know, influential politician, the most consistent politician that we've had in in decades, and possibly in the history of politicians, uh, he's
5: got to be up there. Um, You can cuss, man. You can call him a statesman. You can cuss. You can call him a statesman. Yeah,
6: Yeah. I mean, he is. He is, is, and he does the best (laughs) he can with with the world that he's in. But anyway, this is my little take on Syria and and the situation there, and I wrote this, uh, geez, this was on August 27th, so it's been a while uh, since I wrote this, but I'll say this and then I'll roll out and I'll thank you for having me on again. Right. Yeah,
5: absolutely. Anytime, man. It's a people show. You guys are more than welcome anytime you want. All
6: right. This, Syri- this Syrian violence and internal conflict has been going on for quite some time now. I can't say that there is a definite quick solution to end this horrid display of humanity. I do find it humorous that some of the same people getting behind the less guns as road for peace or mm-hmm. less violence. Uh, support this, more bombs as a road for peace, or less violence. Ultimately, this boils down to an attempt to fight fear with fear, which is always a losing battle for both sides. The U.S. attempting to force democracy, uh, which I define two wolves fighting over what is Virginia, in an area is kind of like transporting uh, transplanting an organ in someone's body. It may be done with the best of intentions, even though this is incredibly unlikely in this particular case. However, it is just a temporary solution. The people, like the body itself, will reject this un- unnatural or not this-, this agent that is not a natural entity and eventually reject it. Uh, these people may need a transplant, but ultimately it comes down to whether the patient is willing to go through that process. My deepest hope would be that they would receive proper care. However, I fear a misdiagnosis bias for them. I even fear this occurring among the people who would understand what they need most their uh their own leaders and people. The cancer or disease may be radical Islamic beliefs, an oppressive government regime. Terrorist organizations, or a culmination of all these factors, but in this case, Syria needs to make the de- uh, determination: choose their surgeon or approach to medicine. It may not be how the rest of the world chooses, but it's their prerogative. No matter how detrimental they may think their, uh, you may think their approach may be. As a loving neighbor, all you can do is support them. If your neighbor or loved one chose to uh, fight cancer holistically, would you tell them they are stupid? or would you engage the, uh, with them in a dialogue as to how they came to that decision? Dropping bombs is kind of like telling your neighbor with the holistic approach that they are stupid. Helping them cope with the war or, uh, or the humanitarian uh, issue they are facing is similar to the loving dialogue or driving them to their preferred uh, method of treatment. American sentiment seems to be that we understand freedom and liberty more than most other countries in the world. However, Liechtenstein could make a similar argument towards America in the financial realm today. Uh, Perhaps they or another more stable economy should take over our budget, if if we're using that train of logic. for those who choose to read this, anyway. For those of you who choose to listen, uh, you know, think about and all that around your head. I know Dr. Paul used a lot of medical analogies when he tried to uh, explain foreign policy, and, and that was my best attempt at it. And with that, I'm going to say, peace out, and uh, you guys have a good rest of the show.
5: All right, thanks for thanks for the time, man. And as always, thanks yeah, for man. coming on board and sharing your thoughts. Always welcome. All right, take care. See you, man. There he goes, another member of the People's Army. How dare we be informed? How dare we? Yeah, he hit it right on the head, man. So
0: I know hey, that that was uh, that was a good summation. Here,
5: I um, here we go, Josh. I got um, I got a couple other things for you here. Oh, we just lost a guy in the chat room. That's too bad. Sorry, chat person. All right, so here we go. This is what scares the heck out of me. So. Let me ask you a question, Josh, since it's just you and I, and you and I have these great debates that go into the wee hours in the morning, but now we actually get to do it on live radio, so this should be fun. Um, Do you believe that if Barack Obama does not receive congressional approval that we will still go into Syria?
0: Uh, I don't think that the executive branch would have left the door open for that contingency if they did not intend on using it.
5: Okay. Now, next question, do you believe that Congress will give him the rubber stamp approval?
0: Uh, I would like to think that that's not the case, but I I do think that that is what will happen.
5: So you believe that just through through peer pressure and party pressure and war machine pressure that Congress will line up behind this guy and go ahead and go through with it?
0: uh unfortunately yeah i mean it'd be a cold day in hell if the bankers didn't get a war that they were set on and uh they seem they've had their sights set on Syria for quite some time now uh if they don't take this opportunity they know it's probably going to be a long time coming until they actually uh you know presents itself again so yeah unfortunately okay. I, I i do think that's the case
5: now one of the things that used to that kind of got me uneasy about this whole situation was something that happened a little over a year and a half ago. And that was when we had, um, gosh, I think this was Dempsey and a couple of other people. Dempsey just responded today. But this is an audio clip from the, I think it was a senior senator from North Carolina questioning um, unilateral um, no-fly zones in Syria. And this was a while ago. So I'm going to play this clip for you, and I want your thoughts on the on the back end, and, and let me know if you believe that this is is this really global government or is this a a just a, a workaround for the Constitution. So here are, you go.
10: Are you saying, and is the president taking the position he would not act um, if it was in our interest to do so if the UN Security Council did not agree? When it comes to uh, uh, the kind of military action where we want to build a coalition and work with our international partners, then obviously we would like to have some kind of legal basis on which to do it as we did in Libya. Now, some sort of legal basis. We worried about international legal basis, but nobody worried about the fundamental constitutional uh, legal basis that this Congress has over war. We were not asked, uh, stunningly, in, in direct violation of the War Powers Act, whether or not you believe its constitution, it certainly didn't comply with it. We spent our time worrying about the U.N., the Arab League, NATO, and too little time, in my opinion, worrying about the elected representatives of the United States. Do you think that you can act without Congress and uh, initiate a no-fly zone in Syria without congressional approval? You know, again, uh, our our goal would be to, uh, to seek international permission, and uh, we would we would come to the Congress uh, and inform you uh, and determine uh, how best to approach this, uh, whether or not we would want to get uh, permission from the Congress. Uh, I think those are issues we would have to discuss as we decide what to do here. Well, I'm almost breathless about that, because what I heard you say is we're going to seek international approval, and they will come and tell the Congress what we might do, and we might seek congressional approval. No, well, I want to just say to you, that's a big. Dish. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, you've served in the Congress. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree that that's uh, would be pretty breathtaking to the average American? So, would you mm-hmm. like to clarify that? But I've. Uh,
5: I, I... And he goes on to clarify that once again, if as long as they get international approval, then everything's fine. Now, what do you have? You heard that clip before, Josh?
0: I, I have actually and um uh, I have heard it in its full context as well but I uh I think that it's important to remember that when we talk about internationalism when we talk about globalism uh these these players on the chessboard I mean if you're thinking about this as a globalist planner entities like the UN entities like NATO uh they're they're essentially used when they're convenient and they're mm-hmm. discarded when they're not. No um, that's 100%
5: so, that's a very good that's a very good analogy
0: exactly so and that's why and i hate to keep pressing on this because i hate to i hate to be a fearmonger but i really am uh, legitimately scared maybe not so much for america because i do think america will do what it wants without much opposition public opposition from 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 the nation at large even even though so many are are not in support of this I do think it's it's uh you sh- don't <laughs> I mean don't don't go heading for the hills but be be on your toes if you're if you're uh in one of these nations that is dissenting if you're in a Germany or a France or a Great Britain uh you know it's it's times like these when catalyzing events happen to sway public opinion uh because right right now obviously uh th- those allies won't be joining us uh in this in this unconstitutional military endeavor um but but it is certainly an, an easy way uh, to, to shape public opinion. It's one that they're not afraid to use.
5: No, that, that's 100% correct, and it's, you know, it, and when you say false flag here, uh, Americans always go to the conspiracy theory realm. But as as we've documented on this show many times, and it's been documented throughout the U.S. I mean, throughout even our our congressional history, it, it has happened. We've had false well, flags happen, and we've had we've had assassinations occur. I mean, just what was it a couple of weeks ago? They de- or declassified the fact that that uh, Martin Luther King was actually assassinated by the U.S. government. I
0: mean, yeah, yep. Well, it wasn't it wasn't declassified, but that was in 1999. A Memphis court actually did rule uh, that that the United States government was his assassin, and that uh, Lee Bowers or Lee Jowers uh was not. Uh he was he was exonerated. And that was a lawsuit uh by the King family. Coretta Scott King uh is firmly in the camp that, that believes that, that uh he was killed by the United States government. So the King family and notice how the King family no longer attends a lot of these events. Uh they bring out Rosa Parks instead. Um c- cause she's a, she's a she's a more controllable force in her old age. Um, well,
5: that, well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Now, let's. Um, I want to cover this article here in um, the Independent today. I don't know if you got a chance to see this, but I'll read it. It's only a couple of paragraphs. So, and and you and I know this, but th- this just needs to be replayed for the people out in in the media and out in your little circles, so you can restart the dialogue. Because one of the things that in in America that I find fascinating. Is that since we move from war to war to war almost systematically, we kind of lose sight of what happens to the nation after we leave. So I do want to keep going after that, and I do want to keep going after, you know, things that are, and and I want to keep bringing them up, the the Snowden thing about whistleblowing and 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 showing us, you know, things that in the off-mainstream media we've been talking about for years and been considered tin foil hat wearers. But it's not that we are tinfoil hat wearers. That it's just that we watch C-SPAN and do stuff like that, stuff that you guys would never ever do in your lifetime because you're mm-hmm. interested in other things. But if you watch C-SPAN and you dig, and you'll find all kinds of interesting things that our government has said publicly that the media is not going to tell you. They're just not because it doesn't fit their agenda. It doesn't get ratings. It's just kind of under-the-radar stuff. And I do want to also bring up the Michael Hastings thing every once in a while just to get everybody back into that momentum to say, listen, we can't forget about these things because all these things have significance when you're talking about the larger scheme of things and what the American policy is. So here is this special report from The Independent. It says, we all thought Libya had moved on. It has, but into lawlessness and ruin. So there's your liberation, everybody in America. Destabilize the country, leave the radical jihadis in charge, and then leave as they fly the al-Qaeda flag over the embassy, which I covered on my podcast two years ago. I thought it was absolutely amazing. It got very little coverage. But once again, it's a controlled paradigm. So the article goes on to say, a little under two years ago, Philip Hammond, a defense secretary, urged British businessmen to begin packing their suitcases and fly into Libya to share... In the reconstruction of the country, and exploit the anticipated boom of all the natural resources, yet Libya is now almost entirely stopped producing oil as the government losses control much of the country to or much of the country to controlled militia fighters. Mutiny security men have taken over all the oil ports the Mediterranean are seeking all to sell the crude oil on the black market. Um, Libya's prime minister has threatened to bomb from the air and from the sea any oil tanker trying to pick up the, in, the illicit oil from the oil terminal guards and are most favorably the rebels from who overthrew Bobadar Gaddafi and have been on strike over low pay and alleged government corruption since July. Well, shocker there. Government's never meant corrupt. What are you talking about? As the world attention focused on the coup in Egypt and the poison gas attacks in Syria, over the past two months, Libya has plunged into unnoticed – into its worst political and economic crisis since the death of Muammar Gaddafi two years ago. Government authority is disintegrating, and all parts of the country are being put into doubt, claimed by America, British, and French politicians – that NATO's army action in Libya in 2001 was an extending example of a successful foreign military intervention, which should be repeated in Syria. An escalating crisis, little regard hit or throw outside of the oil markets. Out past Bolivia's, or excuse me, out past Libya's prized high-quality crude oil has plunged from 1.4 million barrels a day earlier this year to just over 160. 1000 barrels a day now. God, that's like a that's like a 90% reduction almost. Despite threats of the military force to retake the oil in the ports, the government of Tripoli in Tripoli has been unable to to move effectively against the striking guards and the mutinous military units that are linked to the secession forces in the city or in in the east of the country and it basically just goes on to say that we have done an outstanding job. Over and it goes on to talk about Benghazi and everything But once again, as you and I were talking about before The global stratagem of destabilizing the entire Middle East And all of North Africa is going well and Up until the point where we run into this snag here in Syria And I just want the American people to understand That the reason that Josh and I are so opposed And I'm not meaning to put words in your mouth But I'm going to assume that you're opposed to war with Syria The reason that we're so opposed it's not because we believe Assad's a great guy and we think that Al Qaeda is terrible. We know that Al Qaeda is bad, we know Assad's bad, but Assad at least is a stabilizing force in that region. Once again, never try to take your American politics and your American ideology and place it somewhere in a foreign country if you've never been there, because it typically doesn't work that way. There have been. And there have been, you know, precedents set between groups and factions, just like there have been precedents set between groups and factions here in America. So the, the dichotomy between the people isn't the exactly the same. So don't think that just because you're bringing democracy and freedom to a country that it's going to turn into something that's going to be, you know, puppy dogs and ice cream. Now, Josh, what do you what do you say to Libya still being in, you know, distress? And would you agree with me? on uh, on your Syria take.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You you took the words out of my mouth, but I'm really glad that you read that article because it starts to put things into context. When people stop, talk about war profiteering, and uh, I know it's a it's a meme that's repeated throughout the American general public that that we go to war in the Middle East um and natural resources like that. Uh a lot of times the profiteering is not securing these resources per se. It's limiting their production and their ability to be shipped, right? Correct. So what? So when we see a carpet bombing of Libya and, and taking out of of uh, of Gaddafi, who was obviously about to start pricing uh, his, his oil as well as a number of other North African nations' oil in um in in gold essentially, and, uh, usurping, and
5: euros. He threatened to do it in euros before he did gold. Yep.
0: As did Saddam, and look what happened to him. Um, but but it's important to it's, it is an important point to note that a lot of the, a lot of times this is about the destruction of of those natural resources and the ability to take those refining plants uh, off, completely offline as opposed to securing them because once the country's in chaos they can come up and clean up after themselves and steal the natural resources whenever they want. Uh, it, but the more present, the more pressing matter is obviously them flooding these these uh, Middle Eastern nations, flooding uh, uh, the world supply and driving down the price of oil uh, globally.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, because that's what um, that's what really got Saddam in trouble, didn't he start running the running the oil and and just basically driving the price down, and then America basically threw a hissy fit, and that's when when all that stuff went down.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he threatened to price uh price the oil and sell it internationally in Euros. Uh, he was making deals with uh, multiple European leaders to do so at the time. Uh actually I don't know if you've heard uh the, the uh some of the work of, of CIA whistleblower, Susan Lindauer, who mm-hmm.
8: uh who
0: who talks about the fact that Saddam was incredibly uh open with the Bush regime at the time, uh when when they had contacted uh Saddam uh, to 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 essentially discuss uh, whether or not his country was harboring Al Qaeda extremists, and uh, Saddam said, "Look, look, if you guys want the if you guys want money, we'll let you set up GM plants here. You can manufacture cars. I'll sign a contract that says uh, Iraqis can only buy uh, uh, American products for the next 15 years." He was bending over backwards to to essentially secure his uh, his his place in the power structure there um but but obviously they they would they heard nothing of it uh because it wasn't about whether or not he was going to console it was about uh uh creating division in the area for for a larger expansion which we're we're seeing now well
5: You know, I couldn't have said it better myself, and this kind of lends us into this next article that I got here, and I think that might be it for the show because we can expand on this for a pretty good bit. And this is by Pat Buchanan. How dare he, you know, another guy that thinks that this is all a false flag. How dare you, Pat Buchanan? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you support Pat Buchanan or – one of the polls, I'm pretty sure, is Dr. Ron Paul and Rand Paul. Now, um, you are, according to the MIAC uh, Homeland Security list, you are a terrorist or a domestic extremist. Excuse me. So enjoy that, but anyway, so we're going to move on to our second domestic extremist of the of the evening, and this is an article. Um, that's in W uh, World Net Daily. Not that I agree with them, because they're they're pretty neoconish. But you know they do have some good commentary every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And here's what Pat Buchanan said: "Catastrophic," said John McCain. If Congress votes for no resolution calling for U.S. intervention in Syria, John McCain says it would be catastrophic for the U.S. credibility in the world. Who gives a rip about our credibility? Why don't you care
0: about our debt, douchebag?
5: Consider well, I think what, our credibility
0: is lost anyways.
5: Oh, that was lost a long time ago when we because said of
0: weapons,
5: like weapons of mass destruction that nobody found and we killed, you know, what, three million total people over there? Good job, guys. Mm-hmm. Good job. Okay, so um, because Barack Obama two years ago said Assad must go one year ago, said that the use of chemical weapons crosses his, quote, red line, Congress has no choice but to plunge America and yet into yet another Middle East war. Can this be? Are we really as a nation required to go to war to make a to make the good simple minded statements of the untutored president who had no constitutional authority to issue this impulsive um ultimatum? Are we really required to go to war and to get the egg off of obama's face? Not since the war of Jenkins' ear has there been a dumber cause for a country to go to war? <laughs> Is there no way out? There is, and it's right in front of us. The House, Senate and both can vote no on the war resolution, and Obama can then say, as David Cameron said, that while he disagrees, he respects the decision of Congress, which the constitutional which the Constitution placed sole authority to authorize America's going to war. That is very true. Are Brits now crying, catastrophe? Did the Spanish no longer think that the Brits would defend Gibraltar? Did the British now willingly, non, willingly non-credible to the world? For Obama and for us, it is the other option that invites catastrophe. If, for example, the House and Senate votes down the war resolution, and Obama, without authorization from Congress and the Security Council, NATO, and the Arab League plunges into a new war with a nation does not want to fight, he will be counting a geo or a he will be courting a geostrategic and political disaster that is hundred percent true. Even if Congress approves a war resolution, the president would think long and hard about diving into war he sought after and stayed out of for two years. Make no mistake, if Obama attacks Syria, it will be for hours or days. We were in blood-soaked arbiter for the duration. That is another true statement. In his dramatic statement Saturday, as the politically astute, as it were constitutionally correct, Obama called Syria someone else's war. Whose war? Is it Shia Or is it Shia versus Sunni? Muslim versus Christian? Kurd versus Serb? Islamists versus secularists? Backing Bashar al-Assad are Iran, Hezbollah, and Russia. Backing the rebels are Turkey, Saudi Arabia, the Gulf states, Al Qaeda, foreign jihadis, and the Muslim Brotherhood. Assad is accused of killing over 100,000 people, but the total dead in the Civil War has reached much higher fight – as much as much right to fight as the rebels. While his army is accused of using gas on civilians, the Alamacist rebels have murdered Christians, massacred captives, and engaged in public arts of cannibalism on dead Syrian soldiers. So I guess he's talking about when the guy like ripped that dude's heart out and started eating it. That was pretty nasty gas is a sickening weapon and there's no evidence thus far that Assad had ordered its use rebel elements are said to have found that it is siren as Americans who tend to prefer white, <laughs> white phosphorus napalm and cluster bombs upon a lofty moral ground do we stand we have forgotten that Churchill wanted to drop anthrax on Germany and settled in two days of firebombing of a defenseless city of Dresden or that our great friend Um, Assad was the confidant of the um, Jabal Nassar when Egypt was using poison gas in Yemen, um, tribesmen. The United States does not have a national security interest in the Syria war. Why would we then launch missiles to degrade Assad's army? When that army and air force are all that stands between us and the privileged sanctuary for Al-Qaeda in the north of Syria, not unlike the Al-Qaeda in Bora and Westeria. Alright, we're almost done here. This is a a lot of um, of Arabic in here. It's making it rough. (laughs) (laughs) What nonsense. We have treaties with Japan and South Korea as Turkey and Israel, and if nothing's happening in Syria, if, if What is happening in Syria is outrageous and dangerous. Why do they not act? Why do they keep tugging at our sleeves? The Israeli Air Force is five minutes from Damascus, and the army is is a two-day march. The Turks have three times the Syrian population and have a 400,000-man army equipped with NATO weapons. Together they could invade, turn the tide in a week, and why don't they man up? McCain and Lindsey Graham, shocker, Came out of the Oval Office saying that Obama was open to wider strikes on Syria with more lethal support for the rebels. Iran and Hezbollah and Russia would then upgrade their weapons ships to Damascus, or would would then upgrade their weapons ships to Damascus. This will mean more dead, more wounded, more tens of thousands fleeing in exile and in, in a longer war. But what is likely to end after America is is dragged in? Is the U.S. war with Iran? Are allies sitting on on their box seats cheering us on? And the dog you will not hear in the background is the war on Syria debate. That's right. Very well put, Pat Buchanan. So he basically hit all the high points that we were talking about here. I mean, it's 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 absolutely preposterous and yes he already answered the question that I asked. So you really think that that Obama would go through with it even if the security council has turned it down. You know, England has basically turned its back on us or excuse me Britain has turned its back on us. So you think that he's going to go through with it Josh?
0: Is it like uh, saving I, I...
5: face now is it he he needs a distraction that bad from everything that's going on here?
0: Uh, I I'd like to I'd like to think that that wouldn't happen, but I, I see no evidence to the contrary, at least not yet. Uh especially seeing as uh these, these recent confrontations um in uh with with Rand Paul between Rand Paul excuse me and uh and John Kerry, the Secretary of Defense former Skull and, or not former Skull and Bones member. I guess mm-hmm. you're in it for life. Um mm-hmm. but when when asked that pointed question, uh he refused to respond. Um so I, I think that it's certainly something that they're still seriously considering. Uh, and again, I hate to harp on this, but this is this is when it, this is when false flags happen. Yep. And did you see the
5: link on um? And you know, not to say that these guys are 100% accurate and 100% of the time. Did you see the link on Infowars that just popped up um, like an hour before we went on air that said a high-level source? confirmed secret nuclear warhead transfer, which I thought was interesting because it's um, Anthony Gucciardi, who I have a lot of respect for. Not that I don't have a lot of respect for Alex Jones, but he has a tendency to sensationalize every once in a while. Well, and if, I you, compl- if you've
0: listened... Yeah, Go I was ahead. about to say, if you've listened to Alex Jones on 19 or, uh, on December 31st, 1999, uh, his broadcast where he literally had people convinced that uh, there were nuclear missiles in the air coming from Russia to America, mm-hmm. and, and he had half of West Texas headed for the hills. Yeah, take everything Alex Jones has to say with a grain of salt. I'm not saying that he's deliberate COINTELPRO. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that, uh, because he does certainly do a lot of great work. Uh, that being said, he's very good at whipping people up into a fervor. But 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 you're totally right. I do think uh, Anthony Gucciardi does excellent work, and I'm scanning over this uh, this this article right now, and it's, this is terrifying
5: well i mean here here's here's the overall the this and I was thinking about this when I was in the shower before I got on air. How much tracking do you really want to put on transferring a nuclear weapon that's my question, like how many people do you want to have in the know that you're transferring this thing because the way that I would look at it the more people and the more intel and the more hands touch this thing, the more of a chance that this thing could get stolen, whatever, hijacked, you name it. I mean, I I, I guess I've seen too many stupid movies, but <laughs> I'm just thinking that that's probably not something that you're going to really make public. But then again, like you said, if if you're scanning the article, it does make you a little bit more – um, weary, we'll just put it that way. But the thing that scares me the most, man, is that the 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 majority of the public, not talking about the people that were actually polled in this, but I would say that there is still probably, on a safe side, about 60% of the population that has no clue what's going on in Syria. I, I, no, I don't know. No, not at
0: all. Not at all. And I, I attended uh, a protest just this past Saturday that, that proved that how, to me. Exactly. How dare you?
5: How dare I you I know, right? <laughs> now what, where were you guys at? Was it a um I, I'm assuming it's a Syrian anti war protest, but I could be wrong.
0: Yes. Yeah, it was a Syrian anti war protest uh in, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The the turnout was uh was actually pretty pathetic for, for what it was supposed to be. Um but but at least, you know, someone was out there making their presence known.
5: Well, I mean, that's what we have to do. I mean, I was just one guy with a sign. Have you seen my have you seen my video where I have four cops showing up to tell me not to put the sign tell me not to put the sign over the
0: overpass? Oh my goodness, I have not, but uh I that does not surprise me. I'll send it to you. I have two um <laughs> two county
5: two county patrolmen and two state patrol officers show up. And really I did not want to talk to Like the first two guys that showed up were really cool were really nice and I had a big sign that says we fund the terrorists in Syria and in Egypt and so the cops pulled up and they were like say what's your, what are your, and they were, you know, just like hey don't hang it over the sign, I'm like alright that's fine, I'm like I didn't know that was a violation but that's fine and so the guy's like what do your signs say? I'm like oh it just says that we fund the terrorists in Syria and in Egypt and he's like oh alright and <laughs> <in> <laughs> Like well you oh, you man. really can't debate that one sir but um I'll let you if you want to All right so we got a couple more minutes man um closing thoughts don't freak yourself out but I I probably just kept Josh from sleeping tonight by showing him this article everybody I'm so sorry Josh I apologize for your sleepless night this evening
8: But uh, I know, right? what's the big, uh,
5: you, what's you the joke big... but No I don't joke I'm I'm actually being for real I I understand that you know when you have now I understand why Alex Jones says he doesn't sleep. Like it's like the more knowledge you get, the more this stuff really does weigh on you, and then when you see blatant propaganda in front of you to try to sway the public into making everything seem okay. Of course you don't want the politicians running around going, Holy shit, war could happen tomorrow. Everybody head for the hills. You know, you really don't want that. But you also don't want them getting up there and saying, Well, I talked to my little five year old and I told him that they killed a bunch of kids. <laughs> He says, Mimi, should we go to war with Syria? I say, no. Well, I say they killed a bunch of children, and I oh told that God. to my children. And, of course, you know, you and I know how the PSYOP game works. It's so all you have to do is talk about the baby or the children, and anybody that has it, I'm a, I'm about to be a father myself, anybody that has... A child understands what, that, what that's like. It's like you don't want anything to hurt that. You would gladly step in front of a truck in order to, to protect your family and protect your child. But, I mean, just tapping into your primal instinct, and they're coached on how to do that stuff. That's what I think is so sick is that the American public has – they don't have any – I don't think they have an inkling that these people are actually coached on what to say, how to say it. And if you get in a
0: tight spot, here's where you go. Yeah, well, well, I think one of the biggest problems is that uh, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Propaganda is all about shifting emotional idioms and doing so at, at, at a time uh, and, and in a way that will provoke an emotional response. Uh, but it's really important for people to, and if, if our listeners aren't familiar with the Trivium method of grammar, logic, and rhetoric, the first step, the grammar, who, what, when, where, why, how, uh, all the important questions, the logic, of course, how those things fit together, and the rhetoric – uh, learning how to share that information with others. But part of the trivium is also learning to identify logical fallacies. Uh, so if if people aren't familiar with uh, with logical fallacies or, or only have a rudimentary understanding of things like straw man arguments and, and red herring fallacies, go look mm-hmm. up about the, the most common. There, there are a lot of great articles on the most common 100 logical fallacies. Uh, next time that you hear a politician on television, sit by with the, that list and uh, and highlight all of the ones that are used on you. Uh, because that, that again, I've, I mentioned it before, and I'll continue to mention it into the future, none of this stops until America regains critical thinking and the ability of intellectual self-defense. We talk a lot about physical self-defense, and that's obviously incredibly important. But, uh, again, to use an Alex Jones uh, quote, you know, there is a war on for your mind. Uh, the revolution is between your ears. Uh, mm-hmm. So that. That's that's where the most work needs to be done. So when you when you hear things like uh, like Nancy Pelosi's uh, bantering about the dead children, uh, you can take a step back and say, well, that's really sad, but here are some other extenuating circumstances.
5: No, and, and once again, trying to trying to piecemeal. The propaganda and and pull it away and and get to the the guts of what they're saying is is the way that you need to watch politicians. It's the way that you need to watch news. It's the way that it's the way that I deal with. Like you said, it's the way I deal with Alex Jones going back and and nobody has a nobody has a glamorous past. I mean, everybody's kind of gone their own way to get there. But I do see people that do want to profiteer from the liberty. You know, the liberty construct and that people are drawn to it now. And I don't know if – and maybe this is just my own personal uh, connection with Alex Jones. I think that he went for some kind of shock jock behavior early in his career, but then when he started getting a following – I think that the money started to take care of himself, not to saying that he was basically whoring himself out, but I mean that's a that's a very good possibility. There's not a lot of money in telling the truth, Josh. You and I both know that. There's not Obviously. a lot of money and there's not a lot of money telling the truth, but the fact of the matter is that maybe he got to a point where he was comfortable financially and then he could really start to relax. And that's why you're seeing him come out with better and better content now. Once again, not to say that all of his analysis is crystalline with me, because you know I don't um, I don't subscribe to the fact that that these and you and I talked about this at length one night at probably about two o'clock in the morning the the um, the ever infamous two two minute zeitgeist where we actually hit the crescendo of and crystallized everything that we were trying to get across and the fact that I just don't think that the machine is that well oiled. And I understand. I mean, I've I, I've read the books, and I understand the people that are in control. But I just don't think that they're as hands-on as the as the former controllers. What would you have to say about
0: that? Uh, yeah, I mean, and it is something that we talked at length about, and it's something that I constantly struggle with. Um, are, are these? Is this? Uh, because I do realize that in this in this. Brilliant, quite frankly. If you're a sociopath, uh, Fabian plan to slowly dumb down America, to slowly remove uh, the ability of uh, of of the consent of the public, and to engineer those kind of things. This constant manipulation of the Hegelian dialectic that we see on a daily basis um, is that. Does this program continue really in a comprehensive form, or are global comptrollers also victims of their own plan and dumbing themselves down uh, as, as, this, as this goes along? Uh, I think the monetary system, as it stands now, is another excellent example. Are these people, no, that's a perfect uh, example. Yeah, are these people really en- deliberately engineering the, the collapse of the American dollar to cause, uh, to cause mass strife and chaos to, to usher in global governance? Or or is this simply the you know, the wheels flying off the cart? Uh and and uh I, I don't know. I really it's don't know. Funny that you say
5: that. I was actually having a conversation with my mom this afternoon and I, I told her exactly that. I said that I said that I don't think that it's so much because she and I can get into um a, a little bit deeper of a discussion because she was um she was in teaching for like thirty years so she understands a, a lot of the things that are wrong with the teaching that we do here in America. But I said that I I really don't think that these guys have everything wound as tight as they thought they did. You know, it's kind of one of those one of those things you can plan you can have the perfect plan, but once you go to execute it, you know, always Murphy's law is gonna happen. Something that if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And I think that you're right. I think that maybe they were looking for the slow implosion, but maybe they got ahead of themselves. Who knows what's going on with these guys? All I know is that we're at a crossroads now, and and it's basically a war for reality. It's a war for reality. This Syrian war is the war for reality in America. Do you believe in the propaganda arm of the United States government, or do you believe what other nations are telling you? And the fact that we don't have evidence, nobody's heard this, we think it's a false flag, that's enough for me. Because of all the countries in the world, Russia is the one saying all this stuff, saying, hey, guys, don't do this because we don't want to have to step up to the plate. They don't want to do this right now either. So who knows, man? It is all just crazy, bonkers, out of control. We did have a guy in the chat room here, and I know that I'm um, running up against it. But here is what he says. Peter Kreef, it's K-R-E-E-F-T, Says Socratic logic. He has a great chapter on logical fallacies. Also, check out Mortimer, Mortimer Adal, Um Aristotle for everyone. The basic building blocks of logical thought. So, thank you, Gulag, for the um, the contribution here to the show. Um, All for far-
0: recommendations, by the way. All right,
5: I've never read any of those, so it looks like I got a lot of reading to do this weekend. So, Josh, <laughs> thanks so much once again. Cerebral industrial complex, correct? Is that what we're looking uh, at? Yes,
0: yes. All right. industrialcomplex.com and journalisticrevolution.com. Excellent.
5: Well, thanks so much for joining me on the show, man. Always a pleasure having you on. Always love your insight, and I love to love to be able to talk at a, at um, some second and even third layer of thinking sometimes when we get on the subject. So, thanks for coming on board, man. Thank you everybody for listening live. Um, remember, get a friend, get informed, and get involved, everybody. And uh, let's shift the paradigm. Take it easy. Oh. You deserve your freedom.
4: freedom. Yeah, and the feeling that you